You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Another podcast Friday. It's beautiful and sunny out. I'm sure you're loving this cooler weather. It was 38 degrees this morning when I got up and I said, yes, this is the weather of my people. (laughs) Michigan didn't disappoint with the first day of fall. That's for sure. It went right into fall weather. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) Love it. So uh, we have an interesting topic today. I've actually been feeling a couple questions on this new student loan forgiveness plan that the Biden administration has rolled out. So I thought we would talk about a little bit about how that works and some things to think about and then maybe some action steps for people that uh, might have federal student loans. The incredibly complicated world of student loans didn't get any less complicated, did it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it did not. (laughs) Politics aside, um, we've been waiting to hear what was going to happen with this for a while now. So we finally have a way forward and uh, it is going to be meaningful for some people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the Biden administration kind of campaigned on this. However, you know, two, three years ago. And so they didn't do anything and didn't do anything, kept kind of kicking it down the can, down the can down the road. And now here we are. And I guess the, um, to start off, the biggest thing, Dave, that people have been talking about is this idea that many people will qualify for $10,000 of student loan forgiveness. Yes. This is for federal student loan borrowers and potentially up to 20000 if you were a borrower who received a Pell Grant, like most things that come out, there are some restrictions on that. The big one being income levels have to be under 125000 for a single borrower and 250000 for married couples. There's always a limit to everything, right? And so that's, that's their attempt to tie it to, uh, to need, at least to some extent, the plan is they're going to use uh, income from 2020 and 2021. Yes, that is correct. So um, there's been lots of, you know, obviously they're talking about income limits, but, you know, that can kind of vary. And so they landed on 2020 and 2021 income and kind right. of uniquely, it is an either or. So if you were under those limits in 2020 or you were under those limits in 2021, you would qualify. You don't have to be under the limits in both years, just one of those years. One thing that uh, that they've resolved since the original announcement, usually stu- uh, any kind of loan forgiveness is treated as a taxable income to the person receiving the forgiveness for federal tax purposes. And They've uh, they've come out and said that this will also be um, not included as income. The forgiveness won't be included as income in the year you receive it. So that was uh, interesting as well. That's always my favorite thing, right? The government giveth and the government taketh away. Hey, here's ten grand to pay off some student loans, and then you get the IRS comes knocking. Hey, you owe us money for that ten grand of income that we quote unquote gave you. In most instances, it's not the government doing the forgiving. This is unique, and that the government's doing the forgiving. So I think that I think that that kind of highlighted the fact it didn't make sense. Also, make you claim it as income if a uh, 
credit card company or your mortgage company decides to write down your debt, that's that's a little different. And the IRS is gonna gonna want their uh, want their due on that. As of as of right now, it's kind of a mixed bag for how states are gonna treat it. I know there's at least a few that have said it will be counted as income on state income taxes. So um, obviously the federal government can't make decisions in a lot of cases on state taxes. And so you don't be surprised if you live in one of those states uh, that has a state income tax, if you end up paying that state tax on any forgiveness that you receive. If you're going to receive forgiveness, your loan had to be funded by June 30th, 2022, which is actually later than I thought they might make it. I had I had some conversations back in the spring with parents whose um, students were in college, you know, and knowing that there had been some talk about this coming, they raised the question of, hey, should, should we go out and borrow for, you know, if it's just going to get forgiven anyway? And I remember at least a few talking about him and saying, you know, I can't believe they'll make it. Uh, I, I can see them forgiving debt that was out there already, but new loans doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Pretty surprised by that as well. So, you know, if you were, you know, if you're going into your sophomore year, your freshman year, you took out loans, they technically, if you took them out before June 30th, they would qualify for that. So very interesting. Uh, there's a couple of surprises in this kind of bill. Um, one of them being that federal loans for graduate school are also mm-hmm. eligible, and those have not been eligible for a lot of the other stuff, um, as well as Parent PLUS loans, right. uh, yeah. which is, is interesting as well. And that's been uh, important for a, I have a couple of uh, clients who have Parent PLUS loans out there, and they're going to qualify. So. I'm just glad yeah. to see that. Yep. Interesting note on the Parent PLUS loans. Um, the total forgiveness is 10000 So if you have three kids and each of them, you have a Parent PLUS loan for each of them, you yourself only qualify for 10000 that's, so, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit tricky, but hey, 10000 is better than nothing. So... <laughs> Well, another thing oh, we already talked about a little bit, current students are eligible. So if you're, you know, a sophomore or junior and you have some student loans, um, those would qualify. And um, as far as receiving the forgiveness, there are some steps that you're probably going to have to take. The most prominent one being to actually fill out an application, including income verification. Those applications are not actually out yet. Um, We hear that October 1st, around the beginning of October, they should be out. Um, If you're curious about that or want to stay on top of it, you can actually visit the U.S. Department of Education website and sign up for any updates. So when that form comes out, I'm assuming they'll send emails out letting you know that that's happening. A lot of borrowers who already have their income on file will automatically receive forgiveness. So where this comes up, Dave, is that if you're in an income-driven plan, you have to verify your income every year. And so they already have that income from 2020 and 2021 and will automatically apply that forgiveness if you qualify. This was interesting too. If you've paid off your student loan between March 13th, 2020 and now, you can still request a refund as a part of the CARES Act. Yeah, so this gets real interesting because, you know, within 2020, if you remember, there was lots of stimulus money that was being thrown around and some people did the prudent, responsible thing and took that money and paid off some student loans. Um, or had extra money and paid off student loans. 
And so the way the CARES Act was written is because they put a pause on interest rates and payments, if you Mm -hmm. continued to make payments or made extra payments, you could actually ask for a refund. Where this gets interesting now is if you had if you qualified for the $10,000 of student loan forgiveness, mm-hmm. but your balance is now less than $10,000, you could actually request a refund to get more student loan debt so that more money could be forgiven, right? So we actually have talked with some clients who paid off all their student loans and who are actually thinking about going back through and requesting forgiveness up to the 10000 because they would qualify for student loan relief. So essentially getting a refund from the student loan servicing company and then turning around and applying for student loan forgiveness now that they have a debt balance. Yeah, that'll be interesting. (laughs) Interestingly enough, um, some of the sources that we have have gone out and stated that just because you can do this doesn't mean it will actually work. Um, (laughs) So there's no hard and fast rule out there saying that it will work either way. But I guess the the risk is is pretty low risk strategy because if you request the refund, let's say you get $10,000 back in the refund, Mm -hmm. and then you find out, you do the application and they say, you know, you don't qualify. Well, then you can just take that $10,000 back and put it back on your student loans before January 1st. And technically, there'll be no interest. So it's a pretty low risk strategy, but it is yet to be seen as to whether or not, I think there's been a hard and fast determination of whether you can or can't do that. Yeah. Just, just out of interest, do you, do you have a sense for whether that was just a flaw in the way they wrote the plan or was that an intended thing? Does that may govern what they end up, how they end up ruling on these strategies? I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of different things. I've seen people come up with this strategy and be pretty confident about it working, but there's mm-hmm. been no real response from the White House in terms of how they will handle that. Yeah. So I honestly don't know. Because the, the, when, I, when I read the note on that, the first thing I thought of was some of the unintended loophole consequences that sometimes happen in the tax code where like the strategy, like the backdoor Roth IRA strategy was originally just a, uh, an oversight in the way the tax law was written. You know, there's, there's been some little things like that over the years. So I, I always wonder if that was just something that in the middle of the night, the congressional staffers working on this didn't know. I guess this isn't Congress anyway, is it? This was uh, an administrative act. So. Yeah, so it'll be interesting because, you know, there's been a lot of complaints rolling around about why did I pay off my student loans? Now there's yeah. forgiveness. And so maybe there's a way to potentially get some of that back. Yeah. Um, but I don't, it, again, it'll be one of those things that we won't know until somebody tries it, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it just brings up all, you, you start going down that rabbit hole and you get into talking about all the people that decided not to go to college because they didn't want to take loans or the people that scrimped and saved and wrote tuition checks instead of taking loans. And uh, you can, you can end up in a pretty deep quagmire. Indeed. Yes. So again, if you're thinking about this strategy, if this applies to you, proceed with caution. But 
Yeah. Like I said, it's a pretty low risk um, strategy given that as long as you don't spend that $10,000, you right. can actually put it back on the loan. You'll be all <laughs> yeah. right. Make sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get the refund or get the, yeah, don't get your payments refunded from your servicer, spend them, and then find out that the, <laughs> yeah. the plan you had isn't going to work. So we, we may finally have some clarity about the pause on student loan payments as well. They, they came out and were pretty, uh, they they put final extension on everything that I've seen. So yeah, if it's not the final extension, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next time it'll be in bold and underlined, maybe. I don't yeah. know. So the, the federal student loan payment pause and interest rate pause is good until December 31st of 2022. So I would expect barring something miraculous that <laughs> student loan payments should begin January 1st. Part of the reason they did this and part of the reason why the push is so hard to get the application out is they want people to be able to apply and know they're approved before and get that forgiveness before payments restart. So um, if you fall into this category, I would definitely keep track of when that application comes out and apply as soon as possible so that that those amounts that you qualify for can be forgiven before payments and interest rates start in January of 2023. Yeah. Good. Good. So then, you know, just, uh, just to further confuse people, they've also made some more tweaks to the public student loan forgiveness eligibility and to the income driven repayment plans. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, as I was reading through some of this stuff, and this is where it gets extremely complex because there's a lot of different, you know, public student loan forgiveness on the outside looking in is fairly simple, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, you make 120 payments or 10 years worth of payments and whatever the balance is left is paid off at the end of that 10 years. Right. Um, that's the easy part. The hard part is there's several different repayment plans and they're all income driven. And so it depends, you know, the more income, the more discretionary income that you have, the higher is a percentage typically of your discretionary income. So the higher your discretionary income, the more your payment will be. And the goal is then to, you know, have money left over at the end of 10 years that can then be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, you see it in the realm of like if you work for a nonprofit or if you work a lot of some of the hospitals are nonprofits. We get a lot of doctors and nurses with public student loan forgiveness. And so um, that's the easy part of it. The hard part is figuring out what plan that you should go on, what the differences are and how that all you know, changes because we're talking about projecting your student loan payment over 10 years and each of these has little different quirks to them. Mm-hmm. And throw into that complication, there's a new plan now that's potentially significantly more generous than the others. Um, the long and short of it without getting too complex, Dave, is the, the the payment percentage of discretionary income is 5%. And if you contrast that or compare that to the current repayment plans, which are 10, 15, or 20%, that looks like a really good, good deal. Yeah. The hard part is they announced the new plan, but they did not bother to tell us who's eligible, what types of loans are eligible, um, the interest accrual while borrowers are still in school and not yet in repayment, how married couples and individuals will be handled. So there's a lot of question marks around this, but just know that it's something that you should pay attention to if you are in a public student service loan forgiveness program. Pay attention to the fact that there's a new plan coming out and it may be beneficial to you, I guess is where we can leave that for this 
for right. intents and purposes of this conversation. The devil is in the details, as they say, or as I like to put it, our jobs are secure. Yes, indeed. Every time I think about these things and look at them, it makes my head spin. And usually I have to come back to them a couple of times before I can kind of get around right. it. But, right. um, you know, there is some merit to it. There is some strategy and planning that goes into it. And based on these new changes, um, there's some action items that we kind of put together. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we're when we're analyzing student loans and and trying to come up with with the best strategy for people, you know, one of the one of the key components is what's your balance going to be at different points, right? right? Because you know, with like for public student loan forgiveness, how much of a balance would you project to have left at the end of ten years if you're on a particular payment plan? And if we take $10,000 off of that because you've gotten forgiveness, then does it still make sense to make that your strategy? Yeah, because absolutely. You more in interest or, you know, in, in other ways. Yeah. So, you know, even though there is the student loan forgiveness at the end of 10 years, there's also still interest associated with these. And so it's kind right. of a balancing act of, does it make sense to pay less and essentially pay more interest knowing that we'll get some sort of forgiven after 10 years, or does it make sense to be more aggressive and pay it down sooner so we have less of an interest bill? Right. And so if your balance is now $10,000 less than we had thought it was going to be because of this round of forgiveness, you know, all those strategies should be looked at again. That's right. So um, there's the, you know, the thought around, so most people fall into two categories. So one is the goal along was to pay down the debt to zero as soon as you could. Right. And if we have, so what's interesting is if you stopped making payments starting in March, those payments, and now that's through December will be a total of 34 months, Right. And so before, when you were calculating out, okay, if I pay this off after eight years, I'm better off than waiting 10. Well, now, if you haven't made payments for 34 months, maybe that equation changes, right? Maybe now that, you know, now if we look at it, because those 34 months of non-payments actually count as a payment towards public service student loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So now it's a matter of, okay, now that I haven't had to make payments for 34 months, now maybe my eight-year payoff makes more sense to just stretch it out and get forgiveness after the, at the end of this. The opposite of that is if you qualify for the ten dollars or $20,000 loan cancellation, maybe that balance at the end now isn't as high, so it makes sense to be more aggressive and just get them right. paid off and not right. worry about loan forgiveness. Bottom line is if you qualify for the forgiveness reevaluate your overall strategy too. Yep. At at this point, you know, whether you qualify or don't qualify with the payment freeze and with the student loan forgiveness option, it probably makes sense to revisit your strategy, rerun those numbers and see where you're at now and potentially make changes. My guess is most people probably will not make changes Mm -hmm. based on this, but there may be some people that were kind of on the border one way or the other that this kind of changes things for them and flips them to a different strategy. Well, and I would I would put this in the category of people should pull it out and look at it every couple of years regardless. And to that point, I would say, can you name a client, a new client who ever came in and you asked them what repayment plan they were on and they could tell you? <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> which, which is not a knock on clients. We have very, very intelligent clients who know what's going on for the most part. But 
you know, keeping all those details straight two or three years down the road and what decisions went into the, that strategy, it's just, it, let's just say it's a good thing to pull it out every couple of years and review. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's why this is so challenging because 10 years is a long time to make projections around what's going to happen, like what yeah. your income's going to be, what your payment's going to be, what your forgiveness level is going to be. You should, regardless of the changes that have happened, we, you should have been having these conversations all along anyways, yeah. on a yearly or every couple of years, just yeah. to know where you're at and if the changes make sense. We have, uh, we have extremely sophisticated student loan analysis software. And it cracks me up whenever I'm, I've, I've done, I've only done a handful of these. Got to admit, um, not my, not my uh, meat and potatoes, but I've, I did one a couple months ago for a uh, friend of the family who was just graduating college. And, you know, to, to figure out like the 10 year projection, it's like, okay, are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? Are you, you know, right. what's your, you know, what's your salary going to look like? How often are you going to get increases? You know, this particular person um, was a med student uh, resident, you know, yeah. and like, okay, so we know what you're going to make as a resident. Where are you going to be, you know, six years from now instead of, you know, right. hey, so my, my point is not that these projections are worthless, but you've got to keep them up to date because things are going to change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I chuckle. These are some of the questions that I, you know, ask my daughter, who's a freshman (laughs) in in college, right? Right. (laughs) And A, she has no idea. And B, even if she did, she would probably be wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, the answer answer today will be different than the answer in January, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I would hope it would be, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah. So... Uh, this so is just I, a good excuse to do what you probably should be doing anyway. And that's absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I guess all kidding aside, I wouldn't worry too much about like, Hey, I've got this student loan forgiveness strategy and I, you know, yeah. I have to do all X, Y, and Z because otherwise it will be messed up. I mean, I right. give yeah. yourself that's, a little bit of slack on that too. That's a good point. If you're wrong, you're going to be wrong on the margins. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is true of a lot of financial planning. Indeed, it is. That's what keeps um, us in business every year: rerunning financial plans and updating and changing things. Because yes. I have yet to create a financial plan that actually came true. Yes. So <laughs> there's always something that's changing. Reminiscent of uh, my good friend in college, his father was a, a tax attorney, and he told me he didn't have a political party. He voted every year for whoever promised to change the tax code the most. (laughs) 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 Gotta love them. Gotta love them. Well, well, uh, (laughs) yeah, lots of interesting things going on. So if you have questions or this, if this affects you, um, feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. We'd love to pass on the information that we have and, and kind of share what's changing. So hopefully this has been helpful. And as always, Dave, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Nick. It was fun. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.
This is a Xenia Media Production.